Good evening. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with 915 Pastors Roundtable. Just want to welcome everybody today. I'm glad that you're tuning in, and it's been a while. Uh, today we're going to finish up the book of Ephesians. Uh, first, uh, let's start off with a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Father. Today, as we go over the armor of God, the armor that you have given us, Lord, and how to protect ourselves against the wiles of the enemy and against his schemes and his lies and his his uh, his empowering over the world that he has, that we as Christians, Father God, use your, your weapons, Father, that you have given us in the spiritual realm to be able to defeat the enemy in his world. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Now, first of all, I just want to thank every single one of you all for tuning in and, and to continue to, to support me on my podcast. Uh, it's been um, uh, about a minute. But I see that people are still listening. Uh, thank you very much. I, thank you. I appreciate your support. Um, and as for myself, I've been doing great. Um, working. Uh, working out. Trying to stay in shape. Uh, and trying to stay motivated. It's, it's kind of hard when you have um, some certain conditions that keep you from, from doing certain things. But you know what? Thank God. I am pressing forward. Amen. Amen. So, hey, let's turn to the scriptures today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. It's the last chapter of the book. And um, today we're going to be talking about the wearing the whole armor of God. And we're going to complete this um, this chapter here. And uh, what we're going to go on to next, I won't. I don't know. Uh, I'll be on again next week and uh, thereafter. And then we'll decide again uh, probably after the New Year's on what, what next book or what next topic will we will be uh, kind of uh, looking into to study. All right? Awesome. So it says here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, and in His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against the enemies of, of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the, the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. And put on the breastplate of righteousness, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. <clears throat> so that you may... Also know that how I am, uh, that I am, excuse me, it just skipped on me here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and take the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, requests. With, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak, so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. 
Takishkas uh, will tell you everything. He is a dear brother and a friend, a faithful minister in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Peace be to the whole community and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's hear, let's talk about first, I want to tell you that in the Christian world, all right, in our Christian life, we have battles against the enemy. We have a battle against the ruler and the authority of the powerful evil forces, which is of the fallen angel who we know is Satan. <clears throat> he is a, a vicious fighter. And uh, to withstand his attacks, we must depend on God's strength and every piece of his armor. Paul not only gave us a counsel uh, to the church and, and, uh, and advised us on how to conduct ourselves and how to, that we're heirs to the, the kingdom of heaven, how we were once dead in our sins and now we are alive in Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, and we give thanks because of what Jesus did on the cross for us and that he rose again on the third day. And that power that rose him on the, that rose him uh, alive, that raised him, excuse me, raised him alive on the third day, is the same power, the same force that's living and indwelling in us today. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He helps us to fight and give us strength. And for uh, the Holy Spirit, what can we do without Him? We as Christians cannot do anything. But to be a Christian. We need to have armor. And this armor that we're talking about today is the armor of God. <clears throat> we need to be strong in the Lord. That's what Ephesians chapter 6.10 says. And in His mighty power. This refers to some strength derived from God. Not, not human strength. Because we cannot fight the spirit, anything that's in the spiritual realm with our physical strength. We are not strong enough. But in the faith, my brothers and sisters, in the faith, we are strong. We have this uh, empowering uh, force that lives within us. And, and, and all of us together combine as a church, as the body of Christ. If we all can unite together and pray on one thing, we are able to defeat the darkness that roams around in our world and causes us to have sin and crime and, 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 and all these things that the enemy has uh, doing out there in the world today. As a community, we can stand together with God's strength and His mighty power. We are able to pull together the whole kingdom of God here on earth and be able to fight all enemy attacks that are against us and the church. Amen. And sometimes when we see things that are happening in our world, we wonder what's going on. We wonder, are there other churches praying? Are there other people on the same stand as we are? Sometimes there's Christians and Christian churches that are not on the same channel as the kingdom of God. Sometimes people want to tend to, they tend to go and gravitate to the things of the world and feel that they have a right to speak against the things that are going on or speak for the things that are going on in the world, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We need to be people, uh, Christians and people of the kingdom of God and not of the kingdom of this world. 
So when things occur in our world, when atrocities and tragedies and storms in our physical realm, protests, riots, crime, prostitution, drug trafficking, human trafficking, abortions, homosexuality, all these things, these things are of the world, and we as Christians need to stand firm in the scriptures and be one body united as the kingdom of God. If the Bible is against these things and these types of sin, then we as a church also need to be against these things. We need to see things how God sees them, not how it appears to us as physical man. We need to be in the kingdom of God and learning how to fight in the battle in the spiritual world. Amen? Amen. This power that raised Christ from the dead, he, it empowers us, God's people, to prepare for spiritual battle that, must, that we, we must face here on earth. As a person who doesn't know Jesus or just may know of him but not have a relationship with him, they struggle with their spiritual lifestyle. Then they wonder why things happen to them. They don't go to church. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't read the scriptures. They don't fast. They don't pray. They don't worship. We need to be in training. Just like a person who wants to go run a marathon. That's 26.2 miles. Do you think he just gets up one day and just goes out there and runs 26.2 miles without practicing or without being in training? We, as Christians, we are in a fight for our spiritual lives and we need to train what happens if you want to learn a foreign language you go to school you start to learn the language how it's pronounced their alphabet if it's you know like spanish has double l a double r you know these things uh, in in other countries you know especially like, like countries like an arabic country speaking arabic or you know, things, Farsi, uh, Russian, Greek, German, you know, even those people who want to learn the English language, they have to go to school. They have to learn. They have to practice. And if you don't practice, then you're not going to keep in touch with it. It's just like myself. I speak Spanish. I speak Spanish every day. Here and there with certain people, uh, have small conversations. But I'm not really fluent to have a conversation with someone of a doctorate's degree. You see what I'm saying? Someone who's like in the, in the doctor's field, unless he's examining me and letting me know what's wrong with me and my body. But in, in order to understand the things of the body, I don't have that knowledge. I would have to go to school to learn how to be a doctor. It's the same thing in having to learn how to, to be trained up in the things of the spiritual realm. You see, if you want to play in the spiritual realm, then you're going to have to learn how to fight and defend yourself in the spiritual realm. Just like in the physical realm, we, some people go to take boxing, some people take martial arts, they learn how to defend themselves, so that way wherever they're living, if they feel threatened by someone, they're able to defend themselves. Right? It's the same thing with us Christians. We have to learn how to spiritually defend ourselves. And we do that by uh, learning discipline. It, we have to be disciplined. We have to have a relationship with our living Lord Jesus, with our Lord Jesus Christ. But like any other relationship, if you want it to be deep and meaningful beyond the superficial, 
and empty formalities, it takes time. I always like this uh, uh, phrase, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. In order to spend, in order to, to, uh, to love God, in order to follow Christ, be a disciple, be in, uh, in, in, in training with Him, you got to spend time with Him. You have to get to know the Word of God. So Jesus, uh, so Paul says in six, uh, chapter six, verse eleven, he says, "Put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy." Or in other scriptures, it, it, it says the schemes of the enemy. You know his trickery, uh, his lies, right? Because we know him to be the, the 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 prince of lies. He is the chief liar. He likes to put things into our head. Um. Paul wants us to uh, have this kind of a armor, a spiritual armor, okay? Not not a real armor, but you know, you look at a, uh, you can look at a police officer on the street. He goes every day to work in a uniform with a badge, with his uh, his belt, with his weapon, his ammunition, his handcuffs, pepper spray, baton, extra ammunition, um, flashlight. Things like that, a handcuff key, uh, gloves, things that would help him do his job while he's out there fighting crime. Just like an officer or a soldier that goes to combat with a helmet, a rifle, um, his extra ammunition, we too need to be ready in our spiritual realm with our own weapons. And these weapons that we are given from God are powerful. They are powerful. In the spiritual realm. What what makes people not fully uh, armored up? You know, what makes... Well, how is it that people are not armored up? You know, put on the armor. Why don't they do it? Well, I'll give you a couple of things. They lose, they lose their focus on the Lord. They don't have a sense of danger and recognize the power of the enemy. Sometimes we just think, ah, it's nothing. Nothing's never going to happen. Nothing's ever going to happen to me. They don't have all the weapons. They have never been taught the significance and importance of those weapons. The helmet, the shield, the belt of truth, the sword, the word of God, the feet shodded with the, with the, with the gospel. They are untrained in the use of those weapons without practice. No soldier can be ready for battle. If we don't learn how to use our weapons, we will not be ready for the time when it comes to attack us, when the enemy comes to attack us. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We cannot just go about in our world thinking that nothing in the spiritual realm is ever, ever going to affect us. They may be, uh, you might be, they, these people might also be in some kind of comfort zone where they don't like to move out of their comfort zone. Perhaps they are nowhere near the battle and they are somehow compromised by the enemy. You see? They're in your, you're in your comfort zone. And sometimes we don't want to get out of our comfort zone because we're too comfy. We're in our nice little lazy boy chair and we don't want to move and we don't want to, you know, get into other people's business or we don't want to, you know, volunteer in the church or go into a Bible study. We, we're just comfortable by going to church every Sunday, getting fed for about an hour and then going home and living our life just like we don't have any worries about the spiritual realm. 
You, my brothers and sisters, are very, very highly mistaken. <clears throat> if you are a church leader, make sure that your church prepares people. All believers must take hold of the power that God has made available to them. They cannot fight a battle without it. In verse 12 of chapter 6, it says, For our struggle is not against, an enemy, uh, against enemies of blood and flesh. It is not against man. Do we have problems in, in, in our world, in the physical realm? Yes. Everywhere from the top of the president through Congress all the way down to your local drug dealer. It is a physical realm and there are problems, there's deceits, there's lies, there's greed, there's money involved, there's drugs involved, there's sin involved, there's alcohol involved, pornography is involved, human trafficking is involved, uh, abortions involved, homosexuality is involved, everything is sin. And, and the Bible says, all is the desire of the flesh. And these desires come from one person and one person only. And that is the enemy, which is Satan. And all his little demonic uh, angels that go around, not even angels, they're just demonic beings, that go around and push people into these types of living and lifestyles and, and push lies into their head. It feels good. So if it feels good, it must be good. But spiritually, it's killing the Christian it's killing the Christian and his walk with the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> the descriptive word rulers and authorities, uh, cosmic powers and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places reveal the characteristics of the, these enemies as well as their sphere of operation. These spiritual beings have limited power. Cosmic powers of the present darkness refers to spiritual power who aspire to world control. The spiritual forces of the evil in the heavenly places refer to the demons dwelling planet and the stars from which they from which the demons control the lives of people. Paul used the name of the groups of people, the evil powers, not so much to establish class or distinguish demonic powers as to show the full extent of Satan's warfare. He's not talking about he just talks about everybody. The enemy attacks everyone. It doesn't matter if you're poor, rich, in the street, in, in a rich neighborhood, in a poor neighborhood, whether you're in the White House, in Congress, or in the courthouse, in the jail, in law enforcement, in your schools, in colleges, in campuses, all around the country, it does not matter. The enemy does not choose race. He does not choose ethnicity. He does not choose culture. And your society's uh, your uh, status, your your status in your your in your communities, he chooses everyone. Everyone is susceptible to his fiery darts. Everyone is susceptible to his lies. Everyone is vulnerable to the deceit of the enemy, and that he plants into your head and ruins your spiritual life. Remember, the scripture says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal, kill, uh, kill, steal, and destroy. Kill your love and relationship with God. Steal everything in your, in your personal property and destroy your family, your loved ones, your heart, 
And that's how people are out there in the street committing crimes and doing drugs and trafficking and, and all of these things because they have they have left the Lord God. They have let the enemy put thoughts into their head and that's why we're, they are in a spiritual battle. And we as Christians, we need to be in that spiritual battle as far as praying for all these people, going out there and reaching these people, going out there and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and that he comes to save, not to destroy. He comes to give life and life abundantly. Amen. Amen. Let's continue on. <clears throat> know your enemy. We fight the spiritual battle, but we might well ask, who is the enemy? It's not the non-believer, although occasionally you might you might meet a person uh, so full of evil and rebellion against God that he or she actually declares himself or herself the enemy of Christianity. The secular media, our world system, works relentlessly to undermine God's truth, but they are not the enemy either. Although they are often tools in his hands, our enemy is Satan and the spiritual forces of evil. Satan, the deceiver, the accuser, the destroyer, and the adversary of the soul and of the souls of our friends and loved ones. As Paul sounded this battle call, he wanted us to know whom we are fighting. Our enemy is powerful, but he is also a defeated foe. You Prepare to engage him in spiritual warfare. Don't be intimidated by his influence and use the full armor of God to stand together with other believers, with other churches, with your brothers and sisters in the faith. We have to stand against the enemy. We have to stand against the enemy. In verse uh, chapter 6, verse 13, it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. Believers, we need to stand on the word of God. Take up the whole armor of God and be ready for its use. Not merely just take it, but learn to use it. Now, it's just a metaphor, okay? It's it's a spiritual metaphor that we're thinking here. We're thinking about. Paul instructed all the believers to put on the new self. Take up uh, uh, the technical military term describing preparation for battle. Let's go to war. Are you ready for war? Are you ready for combat? I served 20 years in the army, and what we've always done was training, going to to the to the maneuver box out there, maneuvering our tanks, being tactical. Um, we've, we've, we've qualified with our weapons and our machine guns, uh, and also hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat, uh, camouflage. Uh, we've always been tested. We're always being timed. We're always uh, being under the microscope of our commanders so that we, we know what we are required to do when it's time to go to war, and we are battle-ready. So let's take up this full armor of God. Let's be ready. Satan is our target. We are also his targets. So let's be soldiers and let's, let's, let's combat the enemy together. The evil day refers to the hours of the trials and have within themselves the seeds of the last and grateful, greatest trial. Christians must be prepared for every day's conflict with the forces of evil. Having all to do, stand. It summarizes everything that we need to be on. Stand on the word of God. Stand in your faith. Stand strong. Be bold against the enemy and the dark forces. 
Amen. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. The, the belt of truth, if you look at a belt of a soldier or a, the, a police officer or at that time when Paul was writing this, the belt of a Roman soldier, it held his sword, it held his equipment together, his shield, everything was together. And so this belt of truth carried the sword. So we all have to order to, to, in order to that we be able to fight, we must make sure that we know how to put it on and fasten it around our waist. This belt is called a girdle and it's about six inches wide and it probably made of leather and it, and it held together comf uh, clothing underneath as well as holding other pieces of armor in its place. The breastplate, the sheath for the sword, um, all kinds of, of things, it's, it's, it's clothing, is uh, cover. The belt is, uh, is formed of the foundation of the soldier's armor, and the truth is the foundation of Christian life. This truth refers to the believer's character as a person who can be relied on for the truth. For the truth. It certainly also refers to the God's truth. Amen? Amen. So therefore, let's uh, let's be ready, amen. Let's continue on uh, the next verse. It talks about well, the continuation of this verse says, "And put on the breastplate of righteousness," amen. Next, the soldier must put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate was a large leather bronze uh, or chain nail uh, piece uh, that protected the body from the the neck to the thighs, amen. Uh, in Isaiah 59, 17, it says, God put on the righteousness on his breastplate, protecting the vital organs. The breastplate was a vital piece in the soldier's armor. It protects the heart, the vital organs. Righteousness provides a significant defense, and it gives the evidence that we have been made right with God and that this righteousness has been given us by the Holy Spirit. Amen. When the enemy, the accuser, comes, tries to convince us that we, uh, we are not really saved, that we just keep on disappointing God, and that we're poor excuses for Christian, we can stand up to him because of the righteousness we have been promised through our faith in Jesus Christ. This righteousness comes uh, through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. Amen. Amen. And then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Soldiers wear boots in today's world. Police officers wear boots. Back then, soldiers wear a special kind of, of uh, sandals or shoes to protect their feet. And uh, without them uh, helping them not to slow down, they couldn't walk barefooted. So they needed special kind of shoes with special kind of soles with soft leather and studded soles to help them maintain their ground. This allowed them to march farther and faster as well as giving them the facility of motion in battle. They could dig in and hold the ground. Believers also need special shoes and readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The word of God is the gospel or the good news that brings peace. In other words, believers are ready for the battle because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus so that we can stand firm in, with peace, even in hand-to-hand -hand combat, because they know that, that we 
are doing right and, and, and that we are winning on our side. Christians are in the right, are in a battle both with the inner peace of Christ has already given and that the battle is of the Lord's and the desire to that peace in our hearts and of others. This can only happen as they share the gospel of peace with one another and to those who have not yet heard or accepted it. Amen. With all these, take the shield of faith, which which you will be able to quench all the fiery flaming arrows of the evil one. The image was taken in the Roman shield as a large oblong or oval piece, approximately four feet high by two feet wide, made of wood and leather. Often when an iron frame, some the leather would be soaked in water to help extinguish flaming arrows <clears throat> or fiery darts. The same for us Christians. This shield is faith, complete reliance on God. Faith means total dependence on God and willingness to do His will. Are you doing God's will? In, in, in believing uh, in His promises, though we don't see the promises materialize yet, God gives faith to protect the believer. Amen? More faith. Well, we could always ask. Just like the one who came to Jesus and says, I believe, but help my unbelief. You see, help my unbelief. We have to work on our faith, build our faith so that we can quench the fiery darts and uh, the fiery arrows of the enemy. Take the helmet of salvation, which protects the soldier's head, okay, and describes God's wearing a helmet of salvation that the distressed soldier would take his helmet and sword for an armor bearer. In the same way, believers are to take this helmet of salvation and handed it to them by God himself. And we are to put it on and hope salvation as our helmet. This hope is certainty. Believers have complete assurance that God will do all he has promised. Their salvation already accomplished will be consummated when Christ comes to claim his own. Christians are, are saved, you're protected, and your minds that can stand against the devil's attacks. He tries to put deceit in your head, evil thoughts into your head, and, and gives you that uh, you're not worthy. Amen? You are worthy. You are valuable to God, and God loves you, and He, and he wants you to live a life here and be able to go and be living with Him in heaven. Amen? And then finally, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword helps to defend the soldier. Just like the soldier in today's army, uh, Marines, uh, has rifles. And they have bayonets. Officers have guns and tasers and pepper spray. The Roman army was called the short sword because of its use of the short sword in winning battles. The sword's double edge made it ideal to cut and thrust and uh, to cut and thrust the enemy. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is the Spirit's Word. In Isaiah 11, 4, 5, 2, it talks about the Word of God and its Spirit. In effect, that we speak it and receive it. The Spirit gives the Word its penetrating power and sharp, sharp edges. Jesus uses the Word of God in His temptation against Satan when He was 40 days and 40 nights out into the desert. Every time He spoke, He says, 
It is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus gave us an example of how to use God's word when we are being attacked by the enemy. When the enemy, the tempter, <clears throat> tries to tempt us to do evil, we have the power to send him away with the word of God. The Spirit will bring the words to mind, for Jesus promised the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Amen? That, my brothers and sisters, the final chapter and the uh, final uh, chapter of the book of Ephesians. I thank you for bearing with me and, and patient with me and uh, continue to pray with me. I'll pray correction, pray for me. Uh, for I know that, um, uh, listen, the, the enemy is out there every day in our streets, every day in our, in our government, working his way into our world. And he's doing danger, uh, da uh, wreaking havoc, making dangerous for us as Christians to even congregate and meet. You can, you can see it around in, in, uh, in other parts of the world how we are, as Christians, being persecuted uh, by those government officials. In certain countries in the Middle East, you can't even preach the gospel, have a Bible, or do anything on a cell phone that has Christian music or teachings. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world, not just only here in the United States, because here in the United States we are free to be able to meet and congregate and pray. But even here in the United States, we have problems with our culture and our society and those who want to do away with the church in all forms of government, in school, and in our local community. Father God, we just thank you for this time and this opportunity, Lord. Help us to learn how to use the arm, your armor, Lord, as we continue to pray, worship, read your scriptures fast, uh, and dig into your word, Lord. We ask that you fill us with your word and remind us every day of the word and scriptures that the Holy Spirit may, may keep us focused on you, Lord, and everything that we do. We do it for you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with 915 Pastors Roundtable. God bless you. Good night.